It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is going on, everybody? This is another episode of Pop Culture Crisis, episode 23. I the believe. age that I'm going to turn soon. The the age that my co-host, uh, my co-host is about to turn on, what, f- uh, Saturday? Yep. Saturday. Speaking of my co-host, who's about to turn that age, what's your name, young lady? Miracle Sam, nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm great. You doing good? Mm-hmm. Doing good? Good. A little bit carsick, but it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a hectic day here. Uh, mm-hmm. Work has been very hectic today, mm-hmm. but we're powering through it. We've got stuff to discuss, one of which, okay, guys, I'm actually mad. I'm a little angry at Miracle right now. I asked her that I got excited about a show uh, that's coming out called, um, or that's coming out, that's out, called The Silent Sea, which uh, Miracle, <laughs> Miracle is the one who's been pushing me to watch K-dramas, and I finally find one, uh, and I'm like, okay, Miracle, could you just watch like the, the first episode tonight? And I uh, said, sure, but I went to sleep. And she, yeah, see, look at this. I, I You had one job. I went to sleep because I went to home. Um, you went to home? To, I can't English. I went home around like uh, one, late one in the morning. Yeah, it was pretty late. Yeah, so Understandable. I was tired. But uh, so I get here today and I'm on, I'm on like episode two. Now I'm watching it with him acting like I watched episode one already. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so we're going to talk about episode one today. And she looks at me and she goes, I didn't watch episode one, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it because she did see episode two. So I'm, I'm going to go through uh, more general points regarding this movie. That's going to be topic one today. TV show. It, it, yeah. It's a t- uh, and by the way, the, the Silent Sea is a, it's a K-drama on Netflix. It's not the letter C. Yes, <laughs> S-E-A. Thank you, Miracle. They, who would have known if she hadn't corrected? Because uh, Sesame Street, because bro. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about The Silent Sea from Netflix. We're going to talk about some new information coming out about Scream 5, which is coming out in mid-January. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some sadder news uh, regarding um, some jur- final journals that were released about um, the DJ Avicii, who died a couple years back. Uh, we've some got case. some fan theories regarding uh, the upcoming Batman movie, one of which I think uh, I-, I mentioned on here, and now that I'm seeing more people talking about it, I, I think the more and more that I look at it, I think that I'm right, uh, involving Bruce Wayne's parents. And then we're also going to talk about... Uh, Hollywood drama between The Rock and Vin Diesel, which... uh, Who? Exactly. Who has the shinier bald head? Who looks better jacked up on baby oil? (laughs) That's that's from the Honest trailer. I know. Yes, that's from the Honest trailer. But imagine them putting baby oil on their head to make it extra shiny. Let's not. (laughs) I I think in one of the Honest trailers, they refer to Vin Diesel as Mr. Potato Head. Oh, that's mean. It is kind of mean. That's mean, bro. Yes, it's not very nice. So I say we just uh, we don't pull any punches and we just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, mm-hmm. This first uh, topic right here, if you can see there, it is a movie called The Silent Sea. TV show. TV show called The Silent Sea. Thank you. Uh, and this is a Korean drama mm-hmm. that uh, there's been a lot of success in that realm this year. In, in its uh, what do you call it? Like it's uh, 
it's like a girl. crossover to American audiences, right? It's always been a phenomenon, but like um, the popularity of K dramas, like the first thing was like the romance ones. But first, it was K pop. No, no, no. First, it was like. I'm just saying, like, in America, K-pop mm-hmm. took uh, America by storm, like, what, five years ago or something like that? A little bit longer than that. Time goes by pretty fast these days. K- K-pop was very big here for a while. Yeah, it was big because of Big Bang, Psy, and then BTS. I prefer BTS's old things because they used to do rap, but then they changed their whole branding. And K-dramas was popular before K-pop because, like, there's boys over flowers. But I'm saying here in America, they No, became... it was in America. Okay, okay, so I just I just missed the boat on these? Yeah, but you can watch it on Netflix. Boy. When was this? How long ago was this? Early 2000s. Okay, so... Yeah, basically, there's boys over flowers. There's um, City, um, City Hunter, which is a movie with um, one of Big Bang's singers. He's the rapper. Um, T.O.P. or top, whatever you Go figure. Yeah. T.O.P. means top. Well, it stands for the absolute perfect. That was what it stands for. The what? The absolute perfect. Isn't that an O, not an A? I don't I'm know. I'm just letting this silence sit there. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't uh, know. I have no idea. So, um, so, so they've been popular, you're saying, for, for longer than I'm giving them credit for. It mm-hmm. just feels like they're becoming more popular now. It's becoming more mainstream. Well, that's what I mean. When I say popular, I mean mainstream. I, I don't mean popular in general. I mean every uh, it's genre has its It's becoming less niche. cool. Like when hipsters used to be yes. like not mainstream, but then it became like mainstream, and then everybody's like, I'm not going to be a hipster anymore. It was like that. We love our hipsters here. Yeah. Not really. We don't really hey. have hipsters. Are you? A hi- do you consider yourself a hipster? No. No. Uh, yeah, you're. You're very. You're very. No, I'm you're, quirky. You're, you're, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the word for it. You're quirky. So th- this show is called the Silent Sea, and what it is, it's basically about a group of scientists that are sent to outer space to retrieve something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get into vague details here because I don't want to. For uh, my my thoughts are going to be more general consensus on the show, uh, at least as far as what the ones that I've seen, which are Squid Games and um, uh, Hellbound. Mm-hmm. I would rate this third. Uh, I would rate Hellbound first, Squid Game second, this one third. And I've, I'm granted, I'm only we're only I'm only two episodes in, so oh, I'm giving really? you. Oh, really? You put Squid Game second? Yes, I would put. Well, that's that's personal preference mm. you know, that for me. But like, uh, as far as this show goes, uh, what it does right um, is it tells visual. It does, it has unbelievable visuals. The actual um, CGI for the space shuttle and most of the moon stuff, you know, stuff once they get to the moon, because that's what the story point is, is they're going to the moon to retrieve something uh, related to the fact that the country or the world is in a, a water drought. Yeah. That's what they're, that's what's going on here. If you look at the, uh, the, yeah. it says, um, uh, for the description, set in the future with a planet that suffers from a lack of water and food caused by desertification. I didn't know that was a word. <laughs> Yoon Jae is a soldier for the space agency. He is selected uh, for a team including Jian or is it Jian? I have no clue. Okay. To travel uh, to travel to the moon. Their mission is to retrieve a mysterious sample from an abandoned research station. Uh, and, and so basically, the the one complaint, the biggest complaint that I have so far with the show is the pacing, which is extremely slow. You saw that even in the second in the second uh, episode, they really let scenes sit mm-hmm. and simmer for way too long early on. Basically, my my logic is that if you're if you're gonna get people to commit to like an eight hour 
uh, time span of their life, right, to commit to watch a show like this, you need to hook them good and good and well in that first episode, <laughs> and you need to do it early on because yeah. we're just in a world now where there's so much people can watch that if you can't hook somebody and get them watching and excited in the first 20 to 30 minutes, I, I think you lose a lot of people that way. And this show is very, very slow paced. Uh, they show early on, there's these scenes of uh, people going to get water from these water, uh, the, these machines that basically dispense water to the public. Yeah. And what it is, is basically you get your water based on your social credit score. And that seems important later on uh, in the second episode when they're talking about their ranking, mm -hmm. but it didn't need to be as long as it was or the scenes of her, there's scenes of her um, uh, giving water to a dog that are just, that you could have gotten the same emotional resonance out of it uh, that would you could have done that in like half the time. In you know my what did it better? What? Uh, Mad Max. They did it better. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because they're in a water drought. Who, who is the one in the show with the with the neck tattoo that you said you, saw, you remember him from? He Hellbound? was in Hellbound. Uh, he's the one. Is scroll that, up. Uh, oh, you're in a different article in the Vanity. Uh, no, I'm I'm in the I'm in the IMDb right now. Oh, is it Gung Yu? Gung Yu. I, I think. I think he's the one with the sharper face. Okay. Um, that guy's fantastic as far as like his, he gives off this really good, like kind of jerk, uh, way too confident, kind of uh, suspicious. Uh, I, I almost feel like the neck tattoo is like there to make him look suspicious. I remember we're only two episodes in, so yeah. who knows like whether that plays a role in it, mm -hmm. but he does a really good job. And then the lead actress, she is just, she looks so forlorn the whole time. And they, <laughs> they make, reference to that the fact that that's important in this right mm -hmm. that uh she has a backstory for wanting to why she wants to go to the moon to do this but she just looks beaten down and sad you and said she looks like on the verge of crying she oh she always looks like she's on the verge of tears mm -hmm. uh what i would have liked to see more of is like there are scenes where she has to step up and make command decisions early on like when she takes her helmet off mm -hmm. uh as she's the first person to take her helmet off inside this place inside this space station i i would have loved to see more of like a like a turn in her mm -hmm. in her in her nonverbal acting. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Uh, so she's like the Korean Kristen Stewart, no emotions. She no no. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's that she knows the emotion she's trying to convey, mm -hmm. but she doesn't leave from that uh, and enter a new mode. Now this might change down the line, right? Mm -hmm. Her emotions might change farther on down the line. But as far as this goes, I didn't feel like it. Uh, it changed that much. Like she looked really depressed the whole time. And in the scenes where she has to emote more, I would have loved to have seen more from her on that. But in general, I think the biggest uh, flaw this has is bad, bad dub. Um, yeah, you're watching dub, and I was like, "What I, is this?" I can't just do subtitles. I have to do dub as well. So when when you get bad, uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it works to me. Like it always feels like you're hearing the same voice. Uh, the same two or three voices over every character. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't differentiate well. Uh, the way it's lined up just doesn't work for me. <coughs> it was so much better in Hellbound yeah. and Squid Game. So. Yeah. Well, do you think it's because they have like better like marketing and then like a budget is bigger? I, this thing look, I mean, the budget on this thing looks good. I mean, the, the, si the special effects on the ship when they're walking out on what is supposed to be the moon, mm -hmm. that's all looks top notch. The yeah. scenes of the ship actually blasting off, 
look really, really good to me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the money was there. I just don't know if uh, how much of that goes into the budget for you know your dub and your stuff like that. I'm assuming it's the same because a lot of these that's like the same agencies that do that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The the company that dubs for this show probably dubs for a lot of of different shows. So yeah. that was my biggest complaint. Now that's coming from someone who is deaf in one ear, mm-hmm. and uh, so when I'm paying attention, uh, I notice when you. Know, it, you just see it in the face, you know, the way yeah. that the, yeah, it just, I'm having a really hard time explaining why it doesn't work. <laughs> no, I remember this TikTok where this guy, he, I think he's a Korean American and he like makes fun of the point because like this is when Squid Games is like still banging. Yep. Um, he said, the reason why you should watch sub and it's better than dub because look, and he spoke in Korean, like the Korean mm-hmm. language. And then after that, he edited it where he did dub mm-hmm. and he was like, it doesn't See, work. It doesn't work that well, especially in scenes with action or movement. Mm-hmm. Like you can't recreate that in a sound booth, unless you're um, Hugh Jackman, where he's like actually running. D- well, like <laughs> very hard to do, right? Yeah. Like, like you're you're doing the thing where like uh, like there's a scene in the second episode where the guy's getting down on his hands and knees to reach under the thing to get and a he's flashlight. Like, oh, what is that? But there's no there's no like compression in his voice and mm-hmm. like from like you know when he's leaning down like you don't hear yeah. it in his voice that that's happening. So like I that's stuff I notice mm-hmm. and you are correct. Like a lot of people are very much purists. They think you should only read sub and not not listen to dub like, well like for me i just prefer it because like i want to hear like but do you understand one. what they're saying i read it in sub but i'm saying but do you understand generally what they're saying and i only understand numbers number okay i only understand numbers like okay. Hana, so you'd prefer to hear their actual voice mm-hmm. okay and, and you're probably right like maybe down the line this will change for me and i'll find myself liking that but right now another problem with that is like remember me and you like to do stuff while we watch movies and tv shows yeah i was it's, answering emails while you're like looking for articles n- well not in this like on this i tried to pay as close of a Oh, okay. as possible but in general like if i'm watching something in passing and i'm doing stuff in my room or i'm in my in my office or whatever uh i do need the audio otherwise i'm not going to be able to read what's on screen the whole time mm-hmm. and now i try to now if i'm now that, that's something i'm reviewing i don't do that yeah. i don't divide my attention if i'm gonna review it somewhere yeah i don't know for me i feel like this show just watching like half of the second episode it it feels kind of like it's dragging on. I will watch it. Don't worry, you guys. I will watch the second. I've been uh, told that it, pick, second that, that it picks up and becomes more of like a sci-fi horror. In That's why I was assuming yeah. because the commercial that we were watching for the trailer, it looks like a horror. Yeah, and the the one thing that it does well is as slow as that pace is, it is very very it works very very well in conjunction with the fact that it's very atmospheric. Meaning, mm-hmm. like the sound design on this show outside of the dub is fantastic. Like when yeah. they're walking and it's like just creaking, mm-hmm. you can hear the footsteps mm-hmm. creak. Oh, you know, around the ship, yeah. the sound design is incredible, mm-hmm. but it's just that the the language to it just doesn't add up for me the way it did with Hellbound. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, if we, this is one of those things where it's like we're kind of lucky to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, if this hadn't hooked me in like the first 30 minutes of that first episode, I probably would have just abandoned it and found mm-hmm. something else. But since I've seen decent reviews for this show, and 
technically for me, dialogue heavy work is something I'm more of a fan of. So I'm, I don't necessarily dislike slow pacing, mm -hmm. but for me, it just feels like this one wasn't paced well for different reasons. Like mm -hmm. it's hard to explain why, but like usually slow pace works really well if there's really good dialogue, mm -hmm. but the dialogue in the show also feels kind of sparse. Like they're having very general conversations. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's dialogue heavy. It's just action and dialogue, uh, um, sparse yeah in a way so I'm hoping that it picks up and once it becomes more uh, with more of a tinge of horror to it that it picks up the pace yeah um, I, I do think it's CGI the sound design all do very well the lead actress uh, from what I've seen in her other work is really really good mm -hmm. hopefully she you know gets more emotive down the line Who's the lead actress again? Can you explain uh, the other work she's been uh, into also? It's B-A-E. Is that Ba or Bay? Beiduna? Yeah, Bay. Okay. Like the word Bay, yes. like yeah, Salt I, Bay. That's, why, yeah. that's how it's pronounced. Uh, she was in Kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in, uh, what was the other one? She, she's done, it looks like mostly, uh, you know, Korean, Korean dramas and stuff Bay like dramas. that. But she, she was in uh, The Cloud Atlas, I believe, was the other mm -hmm. thing that I remembered her from. And... Oh, so Linda, 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 not, not that. I remember we were Jupiter Ascending. That's mm -hmm. what it was. Uh, and Sensate. A lot of people liked Sensate. That was uh, that was a very popular show. So my hope is that her and the and the other the guy who played the other actor. Yeah. Uh, his name was, I believe, uh, Gong Yu yeah. or Jun Lee. It was one of those two. Let's see if it's this guy. No, it's it's the other one. It's so, the other one. Yeah. Though. So, but, I'll but Ninja Assassin is good. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw it like. When he passed by, so it's a it's a pretty contained cast. So mm -hmm. we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, I do think if you guys don't mind uh, a slower <coughs> pace uh, and more tension uh, with your dramas, I, I would recommend at least checking it out and looking mm -hmm. into it. Um, it may not be for everyone. Uh, it definitely it doesn't have the intrigue that uh, Hellbound had for me initially. But my hope is that as the tone of it changes with the style of uh, show with with it becoming more horror driven that it gets better but we'll we'll review episode three and four on monday i don't know like we we're watching the second episode and andy came in he was watching it with us mm -hmm. and he was like it kind of reminds me of that movie the one with the numbers on their wrists and like um if they run out all their numbers that means they're gonna die i don't know what like, that is. oh i watched it i just forgot what the name is somebody help me in the comments basically it's a drama thriller movie mm -hmm. um basically not everybody's born with it but there is like a scene where a baby's born with it so basically you have a set number of times and it goes down like a timer okay so if you run out of time you're gonna die and there's like a scene where the main actor um he is doing an arm wrestling and this is how they they are there's no currency so this is set in the distant future there's no currency their currency is the time on their wrist okay so the main actor he's doing arm wrestling and basically Whoever loses, they steal all the time from the loser. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I, see, I, I forgot what the name is, but, like, Andy said it kind of reminds yeah. him of that. Okay. And I was like, what's the correlation of it? And he didn't really explain. Hmm. He was just a little bit busy. Okay. But oh. I was like, I like how he connected that movie that nobody remembers the name of. Hmm to a tv show that's kind of long driven yep well we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see how it turns out like uh, one of the cool things about doing this is that we're allowed to like kind of uh, get into these shows that maybe i wouldn't have given the time of day to before and maybe it comes out you better. need to watch allison in borderland that one's good it's like a japanese version well it came out before squid games but 
best way to describe it it's a japanese version of squid games but instead of people volunteering they get pulled into a different dimension they're still on planet earth but everybody around in planet earth kind of disappeared it's only the people who are in the game and basically you play different games and you can't opt out once you're in it you can't opt out so there's like one game where basically everybody can live if you work like as a team um one game that made me really like upset because like a lot of the main characters died um was it's called wolf and sheep basically there's one person who's a wolf and everybody else is a sheep you Mm -hmm. have to run away from the wolf and basically um they're wearing these like sci-fi glasses where like if you look at the person they become the wolf and the rules of the game is if the wolf catches you and you become the wolf you become them but it's either the wolf dies if they can't catch anybody or everybody else dies no oh. mm-hmm. what's it called um allison in borderland allison how long ago was that made that was made like barely this year okay yeah all right this year but it wasn't like it was highest rankings for a little bit but Interesting. Not i've never heard of it because they didn't have a lot of advertisement for it okay because um i was talking to sarah about it she said maybe because like one of the main characters died in the first episode what do you mean died um like, died on the show or died in real life no 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 in the show okay why would that affect the promotion <laughs> no, no no like that's what that's her theory because like usually like people who are invested in shows they kind of want the main characters to live like for me i was kind of upset like when the one of many of the main characters died but they did it for it to let their friend live on and like when he played the game he was like oh i know how to get around this game but basically each like so how everybody plays you volunteer to get in the games Mm -hmm. you can't opt out and each game is symbolized by um deck cards so interesting yeah so if you play in a game that's like a a ace that means like pretty much only one person can survive Interesting. everybody else dies alice in in borderland yeah so and each um, you have to collect these cards too as winners. Okay. And if you collect all of them, apparently you can ascend to the next level. Interesting. Yeah. I will have to look in that. Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. It's um, it was out before Squid Games. You know what's out before Squid Games? Scream. <laughs> yes, it was uh, <laughs> like twenty years, uh, twenty five years earlier, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, this is an article from. Cinemaland who I really uh, as much as I kind of tend to think that a lot of like the the these articles like from these like AV Club and Cinemaland Mm -hmm. they always come across kind of like uh, elitist hoity-toity hoity-toity I I, I love that word (laughs) those words Uh, but I love uh, a lot of their articles I actually end up liking more than I feel like I would have before we were doing this because they give me more to think about even if I don't always agree with uh, what they're saying or what they necessarily what they're advocating for uh, this article is from Cinema Blend. It says, Scream confirms another intriguing connection to Wes Craven's original movie. The new Scream movie is going to be super connected to the 1996 original. For the past few years, it's been a great t- time to be a horror fan. The genre's renaissance is still going strong, with the next highly anticipated uh, release being the new Scream movie this January. And the new sequel recently confirmed another intriguing connection to Wes Craven's original movie. Let's break it all down. So it says the new screen movie will be helmed by Ready or Not's Matt Bettinelli and uh, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett. Uh, I made my comments on that before about mm-hmm. that I usually don't trust dual director teams, but we'll we'll give them a break on this he one. Might be good. Filling Wes Craven's shoes is not easy to do. 
Um, mm-hmm. Very difficult. It says, marking the first installment of the franchise, the uh, hitting theaters since Wes Craven's death. But, but it seems that the duo are making the new sequel intimately connected to the original, featuring the trio of OG heroes and, uh, and Stu's house in Woodsboro as a major setting. Mm-hmm. And it's been revealed that there is a tie to Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy. Now, if I remember correctly, the final scene in the movie from the original uh, it's on this farmhouse which is one of my favorite scenes uh, the final shot of this movie as the camera it's a it's a dolly i'm sorry not a dolly it's a a, a crane shot yeah. of gail um re- uh, walking back into the house after just going through everything and mm-hmm. she's about to report on the crime she was just a part of yeah. holy holy uh conflict of interest yeah um uh, and it pans out and there's this great shot of the sun rising uh, over the valley or it, they're in California, right? Yeah. And there's this great shot of this house and uh, that shot has lived with me to this day. I still think about that shot in that movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if this is that same house from the end of the movie. Nope, they moved out. They better not have. They, they moved they, out and live in uh, Calabasas Makes now. perfect sense if, if uh, Stu's family had to find out that their son is a serial killer uh, in Woodsboro, and, and then the family's going to become, you know, pariahs for the community. It would make sense that they move out, but my guess is they're not going to do that. Uh, so it says, the latest update comes from a video on the new Scream Tie-In's TikTok account. In the clip, mender, members of Woodsboro High Film Club confirm that newcomers Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin, played by Mason Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown, respectively, are actually Randy's nephew and niece. It should be interesting to see how the dynamic of the story plays out in the new Scream sequel and how Randy's family continues on after a shocking death in Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do this because um, Randy's sister makes an appearance in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually had like what I thought at the time was a really horrible uh, way of including Jamie Kennedy in the third Scream movie, but now mm-hmm. that I see it later, it's genius, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Basically, his sister has like a videotape that she plays for Sydney and Dewey and, and Gale, mm-hmm. and it lists the rules uh, for a trilogy that he made before he died in the second Scream movie yeah. and, and recorded it on video. And when I saw that growing up, I was like, oh my God, that's so awful. But like when I walk, watch it back now, I think it was actually really genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, not much is known about Randy's home life, but we did meet one member of his family after his death, character... Character actress Heather Matarazzo played Randy Meek's teenage sister Martha in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really out of left field that, like, like she appears on screen mm-hmm. and Sydney goes, Martha, as if we're supposed to know who the hell Martha is. Mm-hmm. And then they have to reveal it's that. It's Martha from the Brady Bunch. They have to reveal that Martha is Randy's sister, but mm-hmm. it's played as if we know who that is but we don't yeah uh, until they explain it uh delivering his posthumous posthumous message to sydney and company could this mean that the princess diaries actress might be back for a surprise appearance in 2022 in the 2022 sequel only time will tell i think that would be very cool to bring her back that's mm-hmm. a that's a deep enough cut they should bring back the cameraman from Sc- from scream 2 who is to this day the smartest uh person to ever enter a horror movie basically this cameraman he's gail's cameraman in scream 2 mm-hmm. and like halfway through he just leaves Oh, really? He just leaves. He's like, I'm out of here. People are dying. I'm out of here. And uh, to this day, the smartest guy ever. And then after the killings are done, at the end of the movie, he comes back and he goes, hey, Gail, I thought we'd get the story just like the old days. Uh, and it's <laughs> Everybody died already. For yeah. He, so basically, he's like, he, he was smart. He was the, probably the smartest one out of all the movies. He just left town. I just don't remember it. I remember watching all 
I watched three of the Scream movies. I don't remember that part. Oh, it's so good. He's just like, he shows back up at the end. And I'm like, I was like, maybe he was the killer. Maybe he was the killer all along. And we just never found out. That would be cool. Uh, He was like, I have to disappear for a bit. Why? Don't worry about it. I just just need to grab this real quick. Yeah. They should have brought him back for Scream 3 to Mm -hmm. be, uh, to be Roman's partner, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. So, (laughs) um, the cast and crew of Scream have been carefully guarding the movie's secrets, uh, which should allow for the twists and turns all to be all the more powerful when it hits theaters in just a few weeks. It said, aside from being related to Jamie Kennedy's beloved character, Randy, Jasmine Savoy Brown's character, Mindy Meeks Martin, also notable for being a queer woman of color. uh, (laughs) Come on. uh, Identity politics. We don't do identity politics here. It's stupid. Uh, That is not important to the story. It's a horror movie. It's a bunch of teenagers. It's that like are going, Jason. Yeah, it's a bunch of teenagers that are going to die at the hands of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the uh, the sexuality or the race of of the uh, of characters like that. That's yeah. I, I hate it when they virtue signal and stuff like this. But mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, I expect it so much now that it doesn't. Uh, I'm I'm numb to You're it. You're unfazed. They're they're ba- they're that's it's literally you can feel the studio patting themselves on the back. Um, yeah, for it's sure. Stupid. Uh, but Jasmine Savoy Brown. Uh, I'm I'm a, let's in fact let's look her up. Uh, I'm just curious. Let's, let's she look looks up. familiar. She does. She looks really familiar. Maybe Jasmine. she's from one of our favorite shows. Well, her name came up first when you type in Jasmine. So, okay, let's see. Uh, Ten dollar bill, mouthpiece, scream, yellow jackets. Okay, so that's very popular right now. Yellow jackets is is What's in right yellow now. Jackets? Uh, I it's what my friend Vanessa's been watching. It's uh it's the one about the a wildly talented high school soccer team. Yeah, it's the it's the cannibalistic girls soccer team because they get abandoned in the woods. Or something like that. Oh. Yeah, so it's a, they survive a plane crash, and then they have to become cannibals or something like that. But You don't need to resort to cannibalism. What's wrong with people? Uh, but that show is very popular right now. She was in Lego Star Wars. She was in For the People, Spider-Man, the mm-hmm. Miles Morales video game, The Leftovers, Grey's Anatomy. So she's got a long list of credits here. I'm sure she's a very, very talented actress. They she don't, looks really familiar. Yeah, so uh, that should be interesting. I, I love how they just like they just threw that in there mm-hmm. in there as if that's important to the yeah. movie. It's not important to the movie. So we will we will see how it comes out. I still do believe, my personal belief, that one of the three from the original trilogy will be made uh, one of the killers It's in the cameraman, one. like you said. No, I think it'll be Dewey. Uh, I think it'll be Dewey or Gale. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it might be Gale. I think it could be Gale. Uh, you think so? I think either like uh, desperation to remain famous or relevant, mm-hmm. or or if it's Dewey, it's uh, you know he's just he's been driven nuts by everything that's happened because of how much has happened in his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that all three of these people haven't been driven nuts into lives of serial killers is is incredible, given all they've uh, all they've lived through, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, not very many horror franchises keep the same three leads through all the movies, mm-hmm. and in fact, they were going to do. They, Sydney was supposed to die in Scream Four. Yeah, um, but, but what happened? They though? filmed. Uh, oh, do we already talk? We might have talked about this in a previous video. Maybe. Uh, she, she basically, they they filmed like she was. They, she ends up in the hospital, but that hospital scene was tacked on yeah. when test audiences found like when they found that test audiences didn't want her to die. Mm-hmm. So she actually lives by. Uh, um, 
her this audience demand for her yeah yeah so basically the killer comes back uh, I won't spoil who the killer was in Scream 4 but the the killer comes back to finish the job in the hospital and then Sydney gets her mm-hmm. uh, uh, surprises her so that's what uh, uh, but I think in this one it's a very strong possibility that either Sydney or one of the other two either die or one of the three is the killer mm-hmm. so we will see uh, I, I am probably more excited about this than I am about what's the other one the one you're really excited about besides Morbius um there was another one that you're very excited about. I don't remember. No. Oh, Uncharted. Yes, I'm more excited about this than Uncharted, but that's because this is a uh, this gets me in the member berries. I grew up with. You remember this? I grew up with the Scream franchise, so this is uh, as somebody who's not a huge horror fan, I love these movies. So it should be very interesting. We will see how it goes, and I think more than anything, I do want to see. This is one of those situations where I would be okay with some changes. Like I don't think they need to keep the same formula after five movies uh i i think uh in a franchise like this they can change it up they can uh, either kill off the main character <laughs> kill her off kill her off or they can make one of the other two the killer and have them die but sydney lives so mm-hmm. it would be a, a drastic change but i think it's something worth looking into for this one and also without Wes craven that's more i feel like that's more likely what if sydney became the killer well, I'm saying that's possible. I think her or one of the other two, I think it's very possible that, that happens without Wes Craven there to kind of like, don't do this to my to my story. I feel like my these guys baby. are... Yeah, I think these two are more... The two directors are more likely to want to take risks with that. So mm-hmm. we will see how it goes. Yeah. So, you're not very excited about it, but I am. No, I'm done with Scream. <laughs> it's Make a, something new. It's from, it's from well before your time anyways. Yeah, but I watched the movies. I didn't enjoy them. Is there any horror movies that you do like? Um, because you're not you're like me. You're not a huge horror fan. No, not really. What m- movie did I watch as a grown up? Because I was like, okay, as I'm, a grown up. Because like when I was younger, I avoided all horror movies because I didn't really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And as a grown up, I don't really like horror. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with them. I tolerate them just enough where I'm like, okay, but I won't like rewatch them. But I did rewatch. One of the horror movies. I forgot what it was. <laughs> it, it cool story, bro. I know. It's going to come to me. Oh, I think it was a Southeastern. Um, Eastern. Did you see Train to Busan? Yeah. We, yeah. I talked about We've it. Talk, yeah, okay. That's, that's uh, I mean, I don't Zombie really, movies. Zombies not really horror, but no. ho- horror-esque. Zombie movies don't really scare me. I just think they're funny sometimes. Like my favorite zombie movie is Zombieland. Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Good I love Woody Harrelson. Good. You know who I love the most? Who? Of Vinci. This is um, a little bit of a heavier topic, but I did want to get into it. Uh, it I, I have a hard time. I, I, I don't always like doing... Because stories like this are a dime a dozen in Hollywood, mm-hmm. meaning that... Um, Dude, he has a sharp chin. He, it's like a butt chin, but but sharp. Sorry. <laughs> Can't um, stuff like this is always a little bit harder to talk about because it cuts close to home for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But I try not to shy away from these stories when they do come up because it is something where uh, somebody like me who had his own his- uh, issues in my lifetime with substance abuse and yeah. problems like that, uh, you're only going to reach so many people mm-hmm. um, no matter how open and honest you are about it. But stories like this, as awful as they are, can reach a lot of people hopefully uh, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully somebody learns something or, or gains something from the tragedy in a way. I, that sounds awful to say it that way, but uh, hopefully somebody can... Um, read something like this and then maybe make uh make a change make changes their in their own life yeah so 
This says, a new biography sheds light on how the Swedish DJ was plagued by anxiety and opioid addiction before he took his life in 2018. And the article uh, says, Avicii's uh, final journals reveal a superstar DJ haunted by demons. So, like, when I read this, it just, it really cut cut close to home for me. Yeah, for sure. So it says, Tim Bergling was about to enter his second year of high school when he took his first... When, it, when he took his first hit of a friend's joint, he immediately hated it. The teenager, who in a few years' time would become internationally known as EDM DJ Avicii, uh, suddenly felt his throat turn scratchy and dry from the intake of marijuana as his heart started pounding and paranoia crept in. Mm-hmm. The sensation eventually passed, but when Avicii returned home to Stockholm after a summer trip to the French Riviera with his buddies, an unsettling feeling of derealization washed over him. Panicked and worried about the marijuana he had br- uh, brought on from... Uh, Paranoid and worried that the marijuana had brought on some form of psychosis, he confided in his parents about what he had done and how he no longer felt connected to the world around him. Mm -hmm. They took him to a child psychologist who squashed Avicii's fears and assured him he was fine. His parents were proud that the teenage son trusted them enough to disclose his experimentation with drugs and had uh, had sought out help when he believed something was seriously wrong. Uh, That's about the best you could hope for Mm -hmm. in that situation. You know, most people aren't going to be that... Uh, they're not going to be that trusting of their parents uh, in a lot of ways that they're going to be honest with them about stuff like that. There was one good thing about this. Avicii's mother, Anki Bergling, told her her husband, Klaus Klaus Bergling at the time, Mm -hmm. we never have to worry about Tim falling for drugs. But just a few years later, at the height of his fame, Avicii had fallen victim to crippling opioid addiction, the breaking point coming after a handful of emergency hospitalizations where medics pumped his stomach clean from the cocktails of painkillers, antidepressants, sedatives, and anti-anxiety meds that he had ingested. ingested. Things had turned so dire that his family members, childhood friends, and business team staged an intervention in the summer of 2015, following a series of gigs on the Spanish party island of Ibiza. It is a last-ditch attempt to help him get clean mm-hmm. um like this is almost exactly what happened to me mm-hmm. meaning that i uh you know i was not straight edge but i didn't do anything all through almost all throughout the entirety of high school uh and i hated marijuana mm-hmm. hated weed uh never liked it never liked the way it made it feel never liked the feeling in your throat from having to do mm-hmm. it um but at that time I was more worried about alcohol mm-hmm. because I have uh, in my family there is uh, an ex- you know an existence in the past of past family members uh, a history of alcoholism mm-hmm. and I was terrified of that yeah. but at the time when I fell victim to opiate when when I became addicted to opiates it wasn't really talked about the way it is now. Now everyone knows about the op- opioid epidemic and the yeah. crisis in fentanyl and how all these things kind of plague, especially middle America, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but it's but it's it's a human condition to to fall prey to these mm-hmm. uh, to these chemicals. Yeah. And also, I don't mean to be insensitive. In middle America, there's nothing to do. That's. Uh, I that mean, that could be one of the factors too. The. I mean, it it, com- it comes along with like a, a, a big por- proponent of it is job loss. If you lose yeah. your job or your career and you have and you're struggling, you know, mm-hmm. they said that opioid uh, and alcohol abuse like quadrupled during co- COVID because yeah. people were so depressed mm-hmm. and people couldn't leave their house. Dude, be- you need people to go out yep. because humans are social creatures and 
the be the healthiest you need yep. vitamin d vitamin yep. d helps your immune system fun fact for today and <laughs> and if you're stuck in the house and you can't mm-hmm. f- and you're, you're not doing anything that gives you a sense of purpose and mm-hmm. you're not getting sunlight and you're not getting anything it, it's very easy to fall prey to stuff that artificially gives you those feelings make you happy again. yeah because like everybody already binge everything on all the streaming services yep. you watch everything on the internet read every book not to mention then mm-hmm. you feel that's so it's such a facsimile of the real world mm-hmm. right so you can watch all the movies and tv you want yeah but like i even i still feel that sometimes like at the height of my addiction i i will i would i would watch so much tv and uh escape to these worlds that weren't reality that weren't my own mm-hmm. right and now i almost have like a weird form of not ptsd but like when i when i go back to a lot of those shows mm-hmm. I, I realize how how, how deluded I was into think not not thinking that it was the real world, but mm-hmm. thinking that that was going to be enough to satisfy me, or that, that was going to be enough to to live through. Right. So mm-hmm. I understand what he's going through, and he's doing this well, you know, with a career and yeah, with a and very uh, in situations that are clearly very hard to say no. Yeah, because like when you hit big, this is like another fear about being a celebrity. Nobody's gonna say no to you, and opioids. Or any kind of drugs, you can get it just in the snap of your fingers. Yep. This is like something people they are don't, enablers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like you always have yes men. They won't say no to you because you're paying them, or like they just want the clout that yep. you're yeah creating. Yeah. They're they're like they're va- they're social vampires. Exactly. So yeah. they won't say no to you. Nope. This is like one of the downfalls about being famous. Yep. Like they don't tell you that. Yep. Uh, not, not that we know, but we know because other people, it's a, we know other people know. Well, change the subject. I never got high from weed. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, don't do it. It's bad for you. I only, I only smoke it when people offer it to me, but the only sim what? What? Fantastic. <laughs> what? But the only, it's, I think I, the only effects I have from it, it's just being sleepy. Okay. That's it. All right. Uh, and it says, and it seemed Avicii agreed to undergo treatment at Ibiza, at Ibiza Calm, a tranquil fa- facility where program prices stretch to more than $13,400 a week. Wow. After a month of, inten- of intensive care, he emerged a new man. By spring of 2016, he declared he would no longer be performing live due to the intensive touring schedule he had endured over the past few years, uh, instead choosing to prioritize his health and focus on what he loved the most, making mm-hmm. music. He was armed with a new mindset and a sense of purpose, even turning to various spiritual teachers for guidance. Um, so it says, uh, and yet the unthinkable happened on April 18th when uh, Avicii uh, uh, <laughs> took his own life at the age of 28. Damn, he died at age he was, 28. He was only 28 years old. That kind of reminds me of the rapper Lil Peep, but he yep. overdosed on different drugs. He yep. overdosed on a drug similar to NyQuil. Promethazine. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It's just so hard because celebrities like them, you think they have like the most happiest lives ever it's one of my biggest complaints about Mm -hmm. when people critique celebrities a lot of times the the thing you always hear them come back to is that Mm -hmm. the i I agree 110 percent when people say like they don't know what it's like to live in the in in our world Mm -hmm. in the common man's world Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that their lives don't have problems everybody Mm -hmm. adapts to their situation right so what we consider stressful and what they consider stressful may be different but it doesn't mean they don't feel the stress yeah, like they're so still I, human. I don't like it when people use the money excuse. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, they they don't understand it. They've got all the money in the world." I'm like, "Yeah, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to your how you actually physically and mentally handle uh, the stress and the 
in the situations that happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's almost a trope that, you know, the more money you have, uh, the more money, more problems. Um, <laughs> I love it how you were like almost like winking. I was like waiting. I was like, do I make that joke? It's not a joke. But it's like, it's like just because that they have money does not mean that they aren't struggling or have their own problems. So I yeah. do dislike that comparison when people talk about celebrities having it easy because they're rich. Uh, I agree that they don't understand necessarily what we're going through, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean their life is easy. Yeah, it's Gallagher, just different. Dot, yeah. stop singing. So, so it says Avicii's shocking death made international news. The Swedish DJ had been integral to ushering in electronic dance music into the mainstream, bringing mm-hmm. the genre to a massa to to the masses alongside Swedish house mafia, Tiesto, David Guetta, Calvin Harris, all very very popular. Uh, but despite his world fame, boundary-pushing talent, and $15 million Los Angeles mansion down the road from DiCaprio, millions of worshipping fans, and a solid support system that included his family, a loving girlfriend, and lifelong friends, Avicii relied on substances to keep his battles with anxiety and depression at bay. And when those substances were removed, he struggled with the idea of who he was and what his life really meant. I, that was the line that made me want to do this article. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 110% how I felt. And that's with not... I mean, I had like, I, I still had my dad, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, I had a job, yeah. but I was for all intents and purposes at rock bottom, yeah. um, uh, went to rehab, mm-hmm. had to get clean on my own, felt like I lost a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I understand what he's going through. Like you, you literally have to redefine your life and who you are mm-hmm. uh, when you remove these things from your life because they, they start to encompass every aspect of, mm-hmm. of what you do and who you are. So yeah. you have to rediscover who who you're going to become growing, you know, moving forward without those things as a crutch. And that's very, very difficult and daunting. So it's not hard to believe when people just, a lot of people just give up. Mm-hmm. So uh, overdoses are not uncommon because you don't know how to handle it. It's, yeah. it's very scary. It says, in journal entries kept by the late DJ while he was in rehab, Avicii detailed his battle against depression and anxiety, explaining how his alcohol abuse and drug addiction served as a coping mechanism to escape what was happening inside his head. That's exactly it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you ask me a lot, of, like, a lot of times we'll be at work and you'll be like, you'll ask me if I'm okay because I have this weird tendency to live in my own head. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it doesn't mean something's wrong, but when you do kind of live internally, mentally, when you mentally live in like in with an internal mindset, right? Yeah. I'm always thinking inwards. I'm very rarely projecting outwards. Uh, it can be difficult. So a lot of times these things dull that feeling and make it easier to go through that. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot like, uh, there's a lot less psychic pain with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like when I re- it says quote he was a shy person his uh, his father explained in an interview with the UK Sunday Times he wasn't one that went into a room with lots of people and started talking or holding speeches but to be a successful and marketable DJ there's no room for shyness not only were you expected to develop a set list of synthy and remix tracks that would build the crowd up before dropping the bass to send them into a euphoric tizzy you needed to be a presence on stage that would help sell out hundreds of venues a year like spot on with mm-hmm. like I understand that struggle like even just doing this podcast which we do like I like you know very well like I don't want to be I hate being on camera yeah. I, I, I find talking about this stuff cathartic mm-hmm. a lot of times but whether it's uh, celebrity news or movies more mm-hmm. often I find that stuff cathartic but it battles against wanting to to be on camera right yeah. so it's like I just think that if this can happen to to somebody that with 
everything in the world, it is not hard to believe why this stuff happens to people who are struggling far more, you know, with more basic tenets like financial problems or family drama, mm -hmm. things like this. Uh, drugs are a very easy trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any experience? I mean, other than, do you have uh, any experience if you if you want to talk about it? Um, well, like, I remember in the beginning of 2020, like, I was going to college, had a full-time job, so I worked at my family's convenience store. Um, I had a lot of stress, mm -hmm. and then I got kicked out. Mm -hmm. And then I got kicked out again. Yeah. So you've been through mm -hmm. a lot, and you, so you understand what, what where a lot of the, the urges to, mm -hmm. to dull those things come from. It's not easy. Yeah, but it's whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. You okay? Yeah, I'm just like really tired. <laughs> You're very tired right now. Yeah. Okay. I am fine. But yeah, like you can fall through it and I'm just crying because like I feel for you. I This is why like um You do not need to be crying for me. It's I don't know. Like I'm a empathic sometimes, so I empath, just, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh well yeah. I, I I wasn't trying to to make you cry. I I was just explaining to you kind of what uh, my no. situation was like no it's okay like I had that problem like my first uh, boyfriend like uh, like not my first boyfriend um, my like last boyfriend he was like this is the reason why I love you because like you're empathic mm -hmm. um, but I don't know like for me I'm still like scared by that because like I try to cope with like dating people yeah and like I did fall with like the wrong crowd mm -hmm. a little bit and then I moved out here um, but family problems yeah but it's whatever but you handle it beautifully mm -hmm. much better than i ever did when i was when i was your age that is for sure well it's because um growing up like my grandmother always said you need to suppress your feelings like you can't show people how you feel Just, very old school mentality yeah she was like you have to bottle it up yeah. and like she dealt with anger real bad because mm -hmm. she'll like explode yeah and like for me, I don't want to do that, yeah. but I did like have a lot of stress. I have seen you angry. I, I have seen yeah. you, I have seen you get angry. It does happen, but as it should, human yeah. beings are are supposed to get angry Dude, from time to time. Dude, human beings are so flawed. Yeah. yeah, they're so flawed. But I don't know. Like for me, like Brett is like one of the one of the most important people here to me. So like anything that happens to him, that's why I always ask, is he fine? Well, I would have been a, I would have been a disaster if you had known me back then. It was a, I was a mess. Uh, mm. But it says uh, we're just gonna read a little bit more here. Uh, yeah. Don. It says Avicii's dangerous relationship with alcohol was no secret. In 2017 documentary Avicii True Stories about his grueling life on the road, the musician admitted his reliance on substances and spiraled into something much more serious as he regularly downed drinks to steady his nerves. Coupled with the excessive drinking was his relentless touring schedule. He took on as many as 300 gigs in a single year wow oh my god that's Dude. that's insane uh when you think about doing this five days a week mm -hmm. uh um like a, a a fun podcast with friends and then you yeah. think about doing 300 gigs a, a year uh, they don't sleep ma massive set list mm -hmm. uh, a lot of pyrotechnics a lot of work goes into that that's mm -hmm. an insane amount of stress for anyone to go through yeah because like you you don't sleep also like i like talking about how the k-pop industry they treat their celebrities worse than that like um i remember early 2000s like oh uh, like korea like they do have cars too but like they don't really wear seat belts there because like it's not really advocated like how the u.s is that's really yeah and like their managers are are their personal chauffeurs and they 
they're personal chauffeurs they don't sleep either mm. so there was like this one band i forgot what they're called um but the whole band including the manager they all died in the car crash because they were driving to a different city and it was like raining that night too nobody had sleep and i believe the manager he was like driving and like he fell asleep at the wheel and that's insane drove off the road unreal i mean that's like like we were talking we talked about that the other day about yeah. overwork being a cause of death mm-hmm. Uh, in Korea Yeah right? like I felt bad for like The rest of like The band Because like Some of them weren't Wearing seatbelts They were sleeping too Because they're exhausted Because like It's one gig av- After another So imagine him Like trying to stay awake It says right here It says he took on As many as 300 gigs In a, serial, a single year With the machine Whirling around him Avicii never felt like He had the power to say no So mm-hmm. they would say Like you want to do the show He'd be like Yeah like he just yeah. felt like he couldn't say no to them. It says, it feels like I'm going to faint every single day now, Avicii wrote on around 2011 to his manager, Arash Panori. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just today in this tour, but from about the first time I mentioned that I felt worn out pretty regularly, but I push it back down and but I push it back down and choose not to bring it up because there's nothing I can do about it. Coupled with, uh, it says, uh, things uh, came to a head in January of 2012 when the then 22-year-old was rushed to the hospital after receiving debilitating pain ripping through his stomach. Doctors determined it was pancreatitis, citing his excessive drinking and acne medication he had recently taken as the triggers. Their advice was to stay sober for at least six months and ditch any fatty junk foods other than, uh, otherwise the inflammation in his stomach would not properly heal. Mm -hmm. He was 22. Yeah, and this so is that, happening. That's like, the same age as me. The stress that he yeah. must have been going through. It says, uh, quote, and this is more from his uh, entries. It said, I had a hard time accepting never drinking again, though strongly suggested from all doctors to wait at least a year before even having a beer, Avicii wrote in his mm-hmm. journal. Of course, I didn't listen to the majority of the doctors. I listened to the couple who said it was okay if I was careful. I was ignorant and naive in touring the world, still on a never-ending tour. Mm-hmm. Because once you've circled it once, guess what? You're right back at it over again. The, s- the stress-free time away from work was a godsend, only made easier by the painkillers he was prescribed while recovering in a hospital in New York City. Upon being discharged, he, uh, he was sent uh, with a prescription of oxycodone to help manage the pain, which set off a dangerous addiction. Yep, mm-hmm. that's... Uh, I, I still think about, like, the first time, like... Like a, a life like where your pet, your life basically could have gone in two diverging paths, right? Yeah. If I had or hadn't done th- that first time. Because um, for me, it was for an injury, for a skating injury. And I think about if I had just decided to just not take it, what what would have happened? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have regrets per se because what it was made me who I am today, flaws and all. Yeah. So it's it's not like I, I, I feel like I would be a better person if it had gone a different way, just a different person. But it does speak to just how much one decision can really affect your life mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So... Uh, I just thought this interest, this article is very interesting. Like he clearly was suffering. This is a very long article. I recommend anyone. It's from the Daily Beast. Uh, I would recommend going and reading it. Uh, if you are struggling with any form of addiction, p- please reach out to family members, friends, seek help in any way that you can, and understand that it is not. Uh, yeah. n- it is not something that is rare. You are not alone if you're going through something like that. Uh, I just really cannot stress enough that it is something that you can get help for, and mm-hmm. you can you can battle it's not easy but it's something that anybody can uh, that we can fight if we if we put the effort in also if you don't want to talk to anybody who's like a close friends or family there is outlets online there's um i forgot i think it's support help.org um they have a private hotline or 
if you don't want to call them either, you can really text just Google, them. Re- Google, you Google can uh, addiction them. resources, yeah. anything like that. Or like suicide, um, suicide help. Or like um, for me, I did a lot of self-harm, but it's fine. It's not uh, fine. I know it like <laughs> it's because like I was coping with like mental things, yes. but basically you can text them and tell them like, yeah, it's I need help. And they'll help you. And and they'll keep it anonymous if you don't want people to know. And there is, like, support groups, too. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram. Brett is really good. Just hit him through the DMs, ladies. (laughs) Um, I I do recommend that you don't bottle it. Are you okay? okay? Yeah. I don't know. Like, every time you talk about your pain, I always feel your pain. No. I don't know why. I, I try. That's why I don't talk about it that much, or I, I try not to talk about it uh, too much. Uh, yeah. Uh, I try to be more open with it than a lot of people because mm-hmm. uh, it's very common. At least uh, from what everything I've seen, a lot of people they want to pretend. Like once they get through it, right, and they mm-hmm. get sober, they want to pretend like that aspect of their life didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they want to look at it as if it's uh, a mistake that they've rectified. But what it is is an aspect of your life that you have to own mm-hmm. and choose to live with every day. Mm-hmm and push forward in not in spite of it but because of it Mm -hmm. so uh who i was and the mistakes i made and all the things that i did were wrong bad for myself bad for other people's as awful as that was uh i have to acknowledge that they happened and be willing to push forward yeah Uh, and if i hadn't i I don't think i would be a you know i'd consider myself mentally stronger now than i ever was it's more like a stepping stone and then like for me i had like parents who were abusing it so i didn't really have like uh a figure to like really help me around Mm -hmm. so i don't know like everything is a stepping stone think Mm -hmm. of that like think Mm -hmm. of life as like having rums in like a ladder and you're just going up so like taking drugs or going through depression kind of helps yeah I don't know. No, it, it doesn't help you. No, no, you like not, helps yeah, you like yeah. it, build it's, it's yourself a, as a person. That's why I mean. It's a it's a coping mechanism that you need to learn to avoid. Yeah. Like you cannot like you cannot rely on that crutch. It's a, it's a crutch. It's a yeah. it's a crutch that will come back to hurt you later on. Yeah, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. You bad kids. Do yep. If that if anything is more is clear in this segment, that's what we're saying that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing that. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up earlier is because we were talking about Bam Margera recently. Yeah, and they, they, I keep hearing this term California sober, and I mm-hmm. hate it. What is um, California sober? Like it's it's the idea that you can drink uh, and uh, smoke weed in moderation and you'll be fine. Uh, but for anyone that's gone through, uh, I didn't go through what. Uh, a standard 12-step program I did what's called a health realization model yeah. but anybody who gets uh, help for addiction understands that it's an all or nothing process you cannot you okay? it's an all or nothing process you can't just commit to half of it mm. and expect to be okay so it's uh, yeah. I know this is kind of a heavy topic but it was related to to Avicii who I was actually mm-hmm. listening to it's just weird because it came up at a time when I was like revisiting that and a lot of yeah. David Guetta mm-hmm. uh, so I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about it got a little bit heavier yeah we don't mean to be depressing not- we do want to be like the lights of your day <laughs> like be your sunshines but this is reality like human beings like we're just a body of mixed emotions yep. and you don't know what you're going to get it like how to quote Forrest Gump Life is like a box of chocolate. That is true. You um, don't know what you're gonna get. You never know what you're gonna get. And so. also, I found out what the movie was that I was talking about earlier what? that Andy was referencing. What it's was called it? In Time. In Time. Yeah. Never seen it. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's, that's, thank you for uh, bearing with me on this topic today. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was not the easiest one to get through. I think it hit a little bit harder than you thought it would. You yeah. Thought it would. So, like for me, I'm always willing to discuss this stuff because I feel like I can help people when mm -hmm. I when I talk about what I've been through. But I, I do realize that it's not the easiest thing to talk about. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's not the it's not the easiest topic to want to get into. It's very, and a lot of people avoid talking about it, which is where the problem a lot of the problems stem from not being uh, willing to like. Uh, safely discuss this stuff, mm -hmm. right? You need to be able to discuss it safely with fa friends, family, loved ones, yeah, um, or seek professional help if that's what you need. Mm -hmm. So, just uh, yeah, that that is all for this topic. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah, uh, let's talk about Batman. That's yes. See, uh, I want to talk about something that actually makes me happy now, um, and that is. Uh, <laughs> Like, how do you get out of that previous topic, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we did it. We're good. We're moving on. Yeah. Um, this is uh, an article from CBR, and it's about uh, the Batman. It's a theory from the Batman movie, and I think I was... If this turns out to be right, my original theory about what the what Alfred says in that trailer ended up being right. So it says, mm -hmm. the Batman theory, Bruce Wayne's parents were Court of Owls members. Ugh. I don't want this. I don't want this to be. I don't want this to be true. But yeah, he's a rich boy. Well, I, I don't want his parents to be villains. I, I don't want to find out later that his parents were bad guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a sucker for the original tale that his parents were both uh, philanthropists and good mm -hmm. people, so it makes their death more impactful to him. I, I feel like it somehow cheapens it if we find out that they died because they were greedy mm -hmm. or they were corrupt. Uh, that would just bug me. Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, promotional material for, Batman, for Matt Reeves, the Batman hints that Thomas and Martha Wayne may have been members of the Sinister Court of Owls. Upon its release, the second trailer of the Batman set the internet ablaze. One of the upcoming film's uh, most intriguing mysteries concerns the secrets of the Wayne family. Mm -hmm. And the second trailer continues this tease, uh, this while also hinting that the winds may have had much a much darker connection to Gotham City than previously expected. In particular, the marketing for the Batman seems to hint that Thomas and Martha Wayne will be revealed as members of the Court of Owls. In the source material, the Court of Owls is a secret society that has controlled Gotham from the shadows for centuries. The Court's membership insists, uh, consists of some of the city's most powerful and influential citizens who enforce the rules using an army of undead assassins called Talons. Initially believed them to be an urban myth, Batman eventually learns the truth about the sinister group and vows to take them down. The Court of Owls' involvement in the Batman has been rumored ever since the film's teaser trailer was released, which featured an owl-themed owl car at the crime scene by the Riddler. I actually missed that. I didn't mm. catch that uh, Easter egg the first time. You can see... Uh, well, I can't. <laughs> I'm pointing at it here. Yeah. But uh, it says, um, from your secret friend, and it says who, like W-H-O-O, -O, mm -hmm. uh, question <laughs> mark. And it's an owl uh, on the card. Yeah. So... Uh, the Court of Owls, uh, yes, it says, it, it, so it, that card with the owl on it was left at the crime scene. I mean, that could just be reference to who, because mm -hmm. he's asking a question that involves who, but I think it goes deeper than that. Since then, the movie's promotional material has dropped several hints that the secret of society will be revealed as the main <coughs> villains, which also suggests the Riddler's discovery of their existence in addition... Uh, in the their existence is the reason for his turn to evil. Some of the film's more recent marketing materials uh, included the newly released trailer, which also uh, actually taken, which has actually taken this one step further, hinting that the Riddler may be interested in Bruce Wayne because his parents were involved with the court. A recurring theme throughout the Batman trailers has been the Riddler's obsession with exposing lies and secrets of Gotham City's elites, particularly the Wayne family. The newest trailer also reveals the mysterious villain uh, has uncovered Bruce's secret identity of Batman. 
Batman. While another major moment features Bruce Wayne confronting Alfred Pennyworth about the fa- about, about the family related secret that has kept him from that he's kept from him his entire life. Additionally, various shots from the th- the trailer shows Bruce trying to follow up on clues related to the sins of his father. That was a, a huge part of it. Um, the, they mm-hmm. keep talking about sins of the father. I did find that line, uh, him asking Alfred, he's like, you li- you've been lying to me my whole life, Alfred. Uh, that's very interesting. It says, uh, yeah. so then there's a Screen Rant article that says, uh, what is Alfred's lie to Bruce Wayne in the Batman? And it gives a bunch of different theories uh, as to why that would be. Um uh, it says uh, as it kind of fits like if you think about it would you like that more do you <coughs> I told you what I thought like mm-hmm. personally I would rather see the the Waynes remain like a pure force in the mm-hmm. movie because I feel like it speaks to Batman's intentions and what motivates him uh, a very very tragic moment happening to very very good people inspires a dark person to do dark acts for a good reason mm-hmm. for a moral reason um, would would it affect your take on the movie, or do you would you actually like it? Would it add more layers for you? I kind of like the idea, but as you said, I kind of want them to be pure mm. because, like, we don't know much about them. It would be nice to like maybe have that as like maybe um, if they're more prominent characters, meaning that yeah. you don't just see boom boom <laughs> uh, Martha and Kent. Uh, you know, Martha dies, uh, his dad dies, and then all of a sudden he's Batman or he's mm-hmm. Batman year two. Like now if we were to see flashbacks that show his parents as fully fledged characters, mm-hmm. not just Thomas and Martha Wayne, uh, did I say Kent? I said yeah, Kent. Yeah, you said I Kent. said Kent. I was, I was like, like, like hold up. I'm like, I'm trying Mar- to type this. Martha. See, I made the Martha, I made the mm-hmm. same mistake about Martha that Superman, that Batman made in Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm awful. So, like, maybe if Thomas and Martha Wayne are shown as full-fledged characters that turn out to be bad guys, mm-hmm. it could be done well. Yeah. But I just don't know how much I'm interested in seeing that. Well, are you familiar with the Marvel show? It's on Hulu. It's called Runaways. I never watched it. Okay. I kind of liked it for, like, a first couple of episodes. The comic books are a little bit better. That was a network TV one, wasn't it? Or was that a Netflix one? That was one with Amy Acker. Um, no, it's... I don't think or so. Or she was Cloak and Dagger. She might have been in Cloak and Dagger. That's Cloak and Dagger. But um, Runaways, basically, they have that same storyline where, like, secretly the parents um, are evildoers of the world. And, like, the kids don't know about it because they left their kids out of it. And then all the kids, they saw them, like, basically kill a man and they ran away from home. They saw the parents do that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's the same concept with that. I can see them doing something like that, but I just don't care for it. Like how you said, uh, maybe if they did more of a background story about wow. the parents. Yeah, like, Bruce they Wayne. would have to be full-fledged characters mm-hmm. in the movie in flashbacks. Yeah, because like for me, I kind of like it that um, his dad is a hard worker, yeah. his mom maybe might have been a hard worker or she well, married into the family she's a homemaker like she mm-hmm. like, like a lot in these storylines the dad is a hard worker he runs the the company mm-hmm. and she's a philanthropist mm-hmm. and likes to help people right yeah. they even say in that trailer that one remember that line right at the beginning of the last trailer she's like your family has a strong a history of philanthropy in Gotham yeah. City. You don't seem to be doing anything. I told mm-hmm. you how much I hated that line yeah. when she said it because the lady just sounds snobby. Yeah, and so can they just do that instead of like the hidden um, secret life? Because Runaways did it and I can see them. Uh, I liked the show, but then the show went downhill because I was like, I don't care because the comic books did it better because one of the characters, it turns out she's actually a lesbian and then 
whoever she was engaged to turn into the girl that she liked and she was like okay i'll marry you we'll repopulate the whatever planet or like rule this planet what yeah how are they gonna repopulate well because like the her fiance can oh okay yeah okay uh, I, I yes, I, I still remember one of the funniest things that I ever heard was there was like a, a Walking Dead interview mm-hmm. where like the the showrunner was like we're not going to have any more heterosexual relationships on the Walking Dead. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a world ravaged by an illness and society is falling apart. You need to repopulate the world. You killed off half the population and turned them into zombies. You literally yeah. need to. <laughs> it was just stu- it was it was virtue sig- it was stupid virtue signaling mm-hmm. from a studio that taking something that shouldn't be an important part of the story it mm-hmm. shouldn't matter you know uh, what would be better Walking Dead gay zombies there you go gay zombies do mm-hmm. that um, so I don't know like <coughs> this to me like it could be done well. Uh, and the Court of Owls would be cool to see on the big screen. Uh, I mean, they did Court of Owls on Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it would be interesting. But I just don't think that they would, uh, if they did it, there wouldn't be enough time given to the, to the Wayne parents for it to feel like it actually has an impact. It'll just mm-hmm. feel like they're desecrating the memories and turning good characters bad because you won't actually spend enough time with them uh, to empathize or really turn it in. You need to, they need to spend more time on screen to yeah. justify making them bad. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying too. Like, I don't, I can see them doing it, but I kind of need like a background story. Why? Are not if like it's that? just one flashback. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like if you're going to do that, if you're going to turn the, the, the Waynes, not the Kents, mm-hmm. if you're going to turn the Wayne fa- <laughs> the parents Kents. into corrupt bad guys, at least give them enough screen time for it to be a fleshed out story. Mm-hmm. I think that is that is definitely a way to go. But there's a, a couple. There's another interesting theory in here. It says uh, theory: the the Waynes were part of the Riddler's tragic past. Uh, the feverish passion for which Paul Dano's Riddler pursues Bruce Wayne implies a personal connection between them. This isn't just Riddler playing whistleblower and highlighting wrongdoers in the city's upper echelons, but more likely a consequence of a deeper bad blood between himself and the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. Though the Batman's marketing is, hasn't revealed the origin behind Dano's Riddler. Uh, Dano. I say Dano. I say Dano and Dano. Uh, <laughs> the murderous rampage and crazy word puzzles suggest that... Uh, that uh, he didn't experience the smoothest childhood. Edward Nashton might have lost his parents at a young age, seen them incarcerated, or suffered emotional or physical trauma by their hand. Maybe the Wayne Foundation could have helped the Nashtons medically or with a financial grant, but Thomas's ties to the mob or local politicians got in the way. Alternatively, Edward's parents stumbled across incriminating evidence about the Waynes, and the family's richest associates ensured that Nashtons were locked up in Arkham before any PR damage could be done. As far as Riddler would be concerned, the malpractice against Gotham City's corrupt elite is why he suffered so badly as a youngster. It would be interesting to them to do that and maybe find out that... Uh, so, Go with me on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that is what happens mm-hmm. and Thomas Wayne wants to come clean mm-hmm. and he's killed by the Court of Owls because he wants to come clean and expose things. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. Where... They're like, well, how are you so rich? And he's like, I have connections. No, I'm, like he wants to like maybe maybe the maybe something happened to this to to mm-hmm. the Riddler's family. Yeah, and he wants to expose it, mm-hmm. and the court stops him mm-hmm. and won't let him. And and he says, you know, no, I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And then they have him killed for that reason. Yeah. That would be interesting. It would. That would be a, another I like way to go idea. with it. Yeah, like it, like maybe he's a bad. Maybe Thomas Wayne is bad, but decides he gr- or gr- he grows his conscience back and wants to expose what's going on, mm-hmm. and that's why the court has him killed. And then the song "Bad" by Michael Jackson plays in the background. No. Oh. No. Oh. No. I don't. 
Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. <laughs> Neither. Bad by Michael Jackson. Bad by Michael Jackson is fine. So yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of ways they could do this, but it's like, given this movie, uh, I don't know how much time they're going to spend on that part of the backstory, mm-hmm. right? I, I tend to be wary of movies with heavy flashbacks. Like, I, I'd rather, the f- I, most of the time, I'd prefer they keep the story in current year, mm-hmm. uh, unless it's 110% required, you know. If, if all the flashbacks are doing are fleshing out small aspects of the character, mm-hmm. I'd rather they find a, w- find a way to do that in the present mm-hmm. rather than flashing back to it. If it informs a large sector section of the character's uh, motivation, that may, that's a little bit different. Yeah. But we'll see. We will see how it goes. So uh, I'm still more excited about this than anybody here. Uh, I'm still I'm still going to make Miracle uh, go through articles about the Batman because I'm going to be excited about this up until it comes out. Boo! She's she she will see it. She wants to see it. She just doesn't care as much as I do. No, you want you know I want to see The Rock and Vin Diesel duke it out. We could that's uh that's actually like seems like that's fairly close to what's about mm-hmm. to happen here. <laughs> uh, this is really interesting because this is one of those things where it's like this is the most Hollywood thing ever for them to complain about this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it says Dwayne Johnson gets honest about feud with Vin Diesel, uh, departure from Fast and Furious. They have done fantastic marketing and PR on this because mm-hmm. The Rock got to make Hobbs and Shaw, mm-hmm. so you don't even really think of him as different. Like like. When I saw the last Fast and Furious movie, it didn't even occur to me that The Rock wouldn't be in it. Mm-hmm. Because you still think of him as part of the franchise now. Yeah. But he hasn't been in the last two, as far mm-hmm. as I know. Uh, he he might have been in Fate of the Furious, but he wasn't in Nine. So they've done a good job of making it feel like he's still connected to that world uh, without actually being part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says, Dwayne Johnson gets honest about feud with Vin Diesel, departure from the Fast and the Furious. Dwayne Johnson wasn't happy with Vin Diesel's latest public call for him to return to the Fast family. Mm-hmm. Celebrity feuds often uh, happen every so often, usually capturing the attention of the public in the process. One of these disagreements currently playing out is shared between Fast and Furious's uh, Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel. And The Rock has gotten honest about their strained relationship and his departure from the beloved Fast franchise. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious is one of the biggest action titles in the film industry with tons of fans willing to shell out money to see Dom's adventures with the family. <laughs> family. 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 Uh, but Dwayne Johnson's departure uh, departed the main franchise in favor of a spinoff. Vin Diesel recently made a public appeal to Johnson to return to the main timeline in its final installments, which is something that the Jumanji actor didn't appreciate, as The Rock recently explained. Quote, mm-hmm. I was very surprised by Vin's recent post this past June. When Vin and I actually connected, not over social media, I told him directly and privately that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful, but that there was no chance I would return. I privately spoke with my partners at Universal as well, all of whom were supportive as they understood the problem. He doesn't really say what the mm-hmm. problem is there, right? Yeah. Did, you, did you catch something in there about what the actual problem was? No, uh, I mean, it's just celebrities being petty with two, each other. Two people who both feel like they're the star, thinking that they're the star of the movie and maybe uh, well, there's only room at the top for one. Mm-hmm. I don't know which ones I just want them to do get out in baby oil <laughs> oh boy um, it's this baby oil fight like the whole boxing ring it's this them and baby oil if you had to choose between one of the two to star in the movies who would you pick I don't like the rock that much anymore you know so why not Diesel. I, oh, oh wait <clears throat> what? why oh it's because like uh, 
Well, we're not allowed to talk about it on the Not show. about the, the same thing as John Cena? Yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's probably true of everyone in Hollywood, just not everybody's as big of a star as The Rock, so it mm-hmm. became clear earlier that he, you know, they've got business interests in places that, uh, like China, whatever, you know. It is I don't what know. It is. Like, I was hoping for a lot. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, money, money talks, right? So... It says, uh, and just like that, the plot is thickened. While Vin Diesel made a very public message to Dwayne Johnson about the future of the Fast and the Furious franchise, it seems the situation was actually resolved in privacy, namely because Johnson spoke to both sides, uh, to both the studio and Diesel himself about his intention his intention not to return to the main franchise. Dwayne Johnson gave his side of the story during an interview with CNN about his career, business ventures, and possible political future. Eventually, the conversations turned to the ongoing situation with Vin Diesel uh, about the Fast and the Furious, and he didn't hold back about his true feelings about the public feud. Later in the same interview, The Rock, it says, okay, so it says later on, he goes... Um, Vin Diesel's uh, recent public post was an example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We've had, we had spoken months ago about this and came to a clear understanding. My goal all along was to end my amazing journey with the incredible Fast and the Furious franchise with gratitude and grace. It's unfortunate that, that the public dialogue has muddled this waters had, has muddled the waters. Regardless, I'm confident that the fa- of the Fast and the Furious universe and its ability to consider Consistently deliver for the audience, and I truly wish them, wish my former co-stars and crew members the best of luck and success in the next chapter. My God, he is a like that look that, like that's in an interview. That sounds like a press release, mm-hmm. like a perfectly tailored and phrased press release. <laughs> like he's a very well-spoken dude. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'll give him that. But he's absolutely right that what Vin Diesel is doing there is absolutely manipulation, Mm -hmm. like making it public so that he has to then both publicly say no again Mm -hmm. and then invoking Paul Walker and his family in this is very clearly emotionally manipulative Mm -hmm. and supposed to put pressure on him to return Mm -hmm. by not giving him a choice by putting this whole thing in the court of public opinion. So Mm -hmm. now if The Rock says no, he's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So What a bitch. It's kind of mean. I mean, that's kind of awful of of Mm. Diesel to do that. So there you have it. Dwayne Johnson doesn't throw any jabs Vin Diesel's way, but see, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like take jabs back. He just says, I don't like it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that was rude. I wish like more celebrities were like that, even though I just don't like his um, politics. But I wish like celebrities nowadays, like especially the upcoming ones, like had that classmanship. Is classmanship a word? I don't think so. I think I made up a word Ma- again. Made up words with miracle. It's a new segment. <laughs> that should be a shirt that just says classmanship right here. No, classmanship right here in your collar. <laughs> Keep going. So, but yeah, um, I just like that. I just like that whole rapport because like he he's a better man. Like he's not like duking it out on Twitter. Taking the high road is mm-hmm. definitely the way to go for me. Like especially because it's so rare. Uh, a lot of people feel like you have to clap back, you have to say mm-hmm. something. But I think R- The Rock n- understands that his image, his public, his his persona is absolutely a huge part of his brand. And getting into such like you know petty qual you know quarrels is not really good for him. Uh, and if anybody understands marketing mm-hmm. and the importance of image, it's <clears throat> The Rock. Okay, I just wanted to tell you that classmanship is a real word. I was going to look it up. <laughs> what is it? Read it to us. So it's a noun, the position of belonging to a school or a college class, the conduct of or behavior <laughs> so of certain, certain appropriate to this. So say the last part again. 
but 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 um the conduct or behavior concern appropriate to this wow so mm-hmm. you actually found a way it, I mean, it kind of works. It kind of works. It, it kind of works. It kind of I mean, works. It's kind of weird, but it is what it is. Because, like, somebody literally uh, searched up, is classman a word? Classmanship is a word. Yes. Okay. Well, new words with miracle. So it's not a new It's not a made-up word. It's just a... Uh, it's just a word that nobody uses. Word you weren't... You didn't think <laughs> you would ever use in your life used today by miracle. Yeah. I'm bringing old words back. She's she's doing it. I'm bringing Tally Ho back. Tally Ho. Yes. I like um, uh, Hoot Nanny. Yeah. And I like um, Brew Ha Ha. Oh, I like it when people say, put your dukes up. Put your dukes up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to make a, an individual skating section called the One Man Brew Ha Ha. <laughs> um, that would be a fantastic name for something. The one man brouhaha. No, I remember I said this because like I love seeing it ever since the Big Bang Theory. Um, coitus. I'm like, yeah, they're go, they're of about course, to commit coitus. Course. Okay, what's a word that you th- that you think uh, we're getting off topic? Holy crap. <laughs> what is it like? Is there any words that when you hear people, you roll your eyes when people say it? Oh, that's a. I don't know. Like I, I cringe when like older people try to say words that <laughs> like kids like, gang gang, <laughs> gang gang, gang gang. Did you ever see that video I posted about the, <laughs> the the lady who's like going to going to Thanksgiving dinner with my with my Zoomer with my Zoomer nephews? Yeah, and she's it's just her saying like, oh, gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I TikTok. I'm a TikToker. I comedy TikTok. <laughs> um, I hate the word when people say the word cantankerous. I think you sound snobby. Wait, what does that just, mean? Just uh, look it up. Look it up. I don't know how look. to spell that. C-A-N-T. I, I can't type that quickly. It oh, uh, we'll basically it. means like uh, grumpy and moody. Mm. Like uh, you're, you know, like an old person would be cantankerous. You know, they're, they're, Nobody uses they're that short, uh, they're, they're short tempered and rude to you. That's mm-hmm. cantankerous. So it's, it's like whenever somebody uses the word cantankerous, I just roll my eyes. I just want fleek to come back. Oh God, no. Please so no. it can just like cringe everybody. Like your eyebrows are on fleek. On fleek. It's mm-hmm. like that's an awful word. Um, I stopped saying lit because it wasn't cool. Lit, it was never cool. She says whatever, boomer. <laughs> our our podcast should have been called the Boomer and the Zoomer, <laughs> but I'm not technically a boomer. You're not. A I'm boomer. not even a Gen Xer. You're a millennial. But Boomer and the Zoomer would be a funny name for a podcast. <laughs> it actually sounds like a comic book. It kind of Boomer and Zoomer. Dude, somebody should like make a mock up comic book cover for us just the boomer and zoomer boomer and zoomer she's the boomer i'm the zoomer (laughs) that'd be cute i look cute and gray okay (laughs) what does gray have to do with it because i'm a booba okay all right well you're yes well we'll get you like a a sweat well i I already wear the cardigan so i've got the old old person i used to wear a lot of cardigans yep we'll get you that we'll get you or we'll get you some uh i used to wear a lot of like you know those sweater vests I used to wear those. We'll get some shoes with arch support and a cane. Dude, I miss my filas. My filas, like, they had, like, nice memory film inside. We'll get you some (laughs) new ones. Maybe The Rock wears filas. That's why I'm dragging this back to our standard talking points here. The Rock. The Rock should should advertise for fila. Uh But they make mention here that Black Adam comes out on July 29th. What? Not excited? I mean, I'm I'm only moderately excited for... I want more flashiness. I I just don't know. I'm kind of done with like superhero movies until Morbius comes out. 
which is like in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I'm I'm done for like you know two weeks, two and then, weeks, and then I'm back, or until Umbrella Academy comes back, nope. or until nope, the boys, burn it to the ground, or until the boys comes back. Yeah, the boys burn Umbrella Academy down because um, Elliot Page kind of ruined that show for me. That's very rude of you. Sorry. And the show kind of went downhill because they went back in time and like all See, never the, a good idea to go back in time. Um, all the family members like ruined the timeline. So basically the show, it's written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. But he that explains so much. Yeah. But basically the show is like, what if because one of those brothers, he didn't kill John F. Kennedy. So the whole show is revolving a around like if he didn't kill john f kennedy and then like his like the whole family was like no no no, you have to because like there's gonna be a meteor that's gonna hit the earth and kill everybody so they're trying to avoid that and they try to reverse time but in the second season when they reverse time they all like destroyed the timeline like the sister allison she got married to somebody who's a part of the black movement like to have like no segregation she ruined that because like she was a part of that like hugely a okay. part of it um one of the brothers went into a sane asylum and he was trying to kill john f kennedy and they're like sir stop you're crazy please stop trying to kill john f kennedy mm-hmm. we've gotten so far off topic it's not even funny sorry Let's and see. then elliot page kind of ruined it because she kind of got into a relationship with a straight woman that's technically still married and she has a son and then like um after they leave the present there is the son that Elliot Page was like taking care of has some of her powers. So what you're saying is you want the rock to join the umbrella Academy and that would make it all okay. Well, season there's hints that season three is going to come because like, since they ruined the whole timeline, one of their brothers that was dead, um, he's actually alive, but he doesn't recognize his siblings because he has his own set of siblings. So they're like, Ben, it's you! You're alive! And he's like, who are you? Get out of the house. And he has, like, one of those, like, ugly mustaches that looks like they sharpied it on. No, yours is cute. Um, but So what you're saying is people should go watch The Umbrella Academy, even though, like, you, you're saying you don't like it. You're describing it very animated. No, 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 no. I love, I love it, but I think the second season was kind of ruined. Okay. Like, I don't like that whole okay. aspect that they ruined the timeline because it got messy. Because, like, one of the brothers, his name is Klaus, and he started a cult. It makes perfect sense. He started a cult, and basically everybody does this because, like, his character has tattoos that says hello and bye on the palms perfect yeah i know nothing about this show because he sees other than dead people. what it is so oh what, what you're saying is people should go see it uh, even mm. if they don't like season one or even if they don't like season two mm-hmm. and they should put the rock in season three the rock should be in season three because there's a there's <laughs> and, a character and Vin diesel in season four <laughs> yeah that's what we want punch it out I'm pulling it mm-hmm. it'll be called uh the fast and furious uh presents umbrella academy season three and four no umbrella calen i'm done uh umbrella god damn it you messed me up <laughs> umbrella academy uh, the faster and the fist <laughs> and the what <laughs> i said the fist i mean the fierce <laughs> i can't talk i'm too excited it's okay it's okay talking is very difficult i, I struggle with that too yeah we're both dumb. Not exactly good when you're doing a, a like literally a show that revolves around talking. Well, like people 
people enjoy talking. Humans are social creatures. Yes, they are. Well, I'm not, but the rest of y'all are. No, that's dumb. People say they're introverted, but you still need, like, human interaction. Prove it. I'm just kidding. Don't prove it. <laughs> I was joking. Uh, I is smarticle. Smarticle? <laughs> I'm bringing that back. Is that your, is that your, your, like, your superhero name? Like, you're a very smart person named Smarticle? No, my superhero name is not allowed to be said on live well that's yeah we'll, yeah. we'll leave that off air yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh that was fun I, I mean the the vin diesel one didn't really have anything to do with vin diesel and the rock mm -hmm. at the end there we talked a little bit about it but not a ton about it it's but because i'm not excited about their beef well i love their beef and i love their <laughs> i love their, I love their, their beef. I, yes i love their controversy I, I couldn't even if i had just like spoken through it nothing would have happened but i stopped myself i'm like uh, oh, oh my god imagine like cutting their biceps how many families do you think you can feed them if you if you if you decided to be like to be a cannibal like those people in the yellow jackets or whatever yeah uh and and eat oh god we're, we're done with this conversation <laughs> this is miracle why don't you go ahead and tell everyone your social media so we can get the hell out of here for friday okay so i don't have any social medias because I why not because it rots your brain. That was good. Yeah. That was very good at the end there. That was yeah. Uh, you're gonna have to do that from now on. Every time when you're done, you have to give the. Oh, I did like a downwards yeah, finger was, gun. Like, you got to do that from now on. You know, fun fact about Disney World and Disneyland, like all around, all around the world, if they have a Disneyland or Disney World, basically they can't point with one finger because in some cultures it's considered rude. So it's either they point with two fingers or three. See, I think we just need to make a fun facts with miracle segment that has <laughs> nothing to do with pop culture. It'll just no, it be, is pop culture. Well, well, that that does. But I'm saying, yeah. no, I, maybe I'm going to introduce a segment next week called <laughs> Fun Facts with Miracle and just give you like a week to perform to practice. Why do you think the Walt Disney statue doesn't like do the pointing? It does. Um, he does this instead. Makes perfect sense because it's considered rude to point in other cultures like you that. You are so smart. How is weird? A little weird. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you for watching today. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, if you want to catch full episodes of the podcast, we are on Spotify, on Pandora, mm -hmm. on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music. And if you want to follow us on social media, they really want, like, I want to push the TikTok and the Facebook, especially the TikTok, uh, get the views back up there. It's at Pop Culture Crisis. You'll see clips from, uh, from the episodes, different segments that people think uh, where we have interesting things to say. Or we just ramble. Or we just ramble, and that's the best part about it. We mm -hmm. have a lot of fun when we're doing this. And then you can also follow us on Twitter at popculture underscore show. Uh, and then if you don't want to see, if, you, if the full episodes don't interest you, if you just want to watch segments like us making fun of The Rock or talking about The Rock and, and Vin Diesel, you can Kardashian. find... Or Kim... Yeah, you can find those segments on YouTube.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the description box of all the YouTube videos, there is uh, a link to the Spotify account that has the full episode. So go ahead and check it out, guys and we will see you back here next week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.